Hey everybody, it is Leah V with Respectfully Messy, and I have a special guest here today. Oh, okay. We're going to start off already with the noises, um, and I've been waiting for you to get back from the Philippines, mm-hmm. but my very special friend, disco pop singer and songwriter, emotional intelligence, wait, Diva. Diva. <laughs> I fucked it up. Um, yeah, so this is RV Mendoza. Yes, it is. I'm here with my sweet tea, giving you a I 3D t- experience. <laughs> I told you what the noise is. <laughs> so I pre already. So I pre told him to not make any extra sounds because we're in we're in my living room and not in a studio because we're ghetto and uh, we're low budget, but not really. Um, so yeah, this is going to be an exciting conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited. I'm excited, so, too. Before we start, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my Instagram, at RVXMendoza. Leah is laughing right now. Shameless plug, <laughs> as usual. At RVXMendoza. Well, okay, so I am a queer Filipino songwriter, performer, based in Detroit, Michigan. And I, um, I... I also call myself the emotional intelligence diva Mm -hmm. because it took a lot of self-awareness and self-love to come out and a lot of the things I've learned are hard-earned lessons and so I try to share that in all of my writing. Oh, look at you. Scholar. Everything I do. Giving you scholar. It's one of those things, (laughs) I I think I've told you this before, actually I don't know if I've like really put it into words yet, but... Mm. It's one of those things I'm, I'm realizing as I'm getting older, I'm becoming the person I've always needed when mm. I was younger. I, the representation I craved, and I think you're realizing this for yourself. Yeah. It's like you're, you're becoming the kindness you didn't give yourself access to. And um, anything I do with my music, my writing, it holds that same promise that if you continue to be brave, you can become the person you've always needed. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. It's fun. <laughs> If you don't stop with that fucking straw, <laughs> a mess. So today, um, I have a topic for you, and the topic is going to be um, learning from failure. Mm. And um, as we both know, from failure comes success. Mm. So give me something, a story, since we like to talk in stories. Okay. Um, not too long, honey, because we okay. only have 35, 40 it. minutes. You got okay? it. Okay. Um, give me an instance where you failed and you felt like this is it okay this happened recently getting deep like nine months ago Mm -hmm. still pretty recent in like the grand scheme of things right um i got let go from my job bitch Mm. i lost my cushy startup job you did i was making good money Mm -hmm. um the company got acquired and then all of this bullshit happened the culture just like dropped and they started letting people go and then I got let go. Yeah. And sometimes I like to say I got fired because okay. either way they chose who got let go. But I mean it's whatever on like why, but it really fucked me up. It really was like oh shoot, I I'm a web developer. I'm also a front end web developer and it made me like it really uh it strengthened the voices that have always been talking to me saying like RV you're nothing you're not good at this you tricked people into hiring you so now they found you out did. you and scared them honestly and that's what exactly I'm, I'm a witness to that yes 
<laughs> and it's that feeling where sometimes when failure comes, yeah, those voices that have always been there suddenly just get gassed up and like become so loud, and that's where the 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 battle begins. That's where it's like you're really put into the arena at that moment, mm-hmm. and. So I really struggled with like, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible worker. I procrastinate too much. I'm like not smart. I'm not capable. And uh, it's one of those things where people always say like, oh, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have, I'm I'm 26 years old. I don't have the experience to see the patterns in life that like things usually do end up being fine. I feel like I'm like a baby sometimes. But as I've kind of like pulled myself out of it nine months later, I've realized that sometimes this failure or what I considered failure was something that was super necessary to me and my growth. Because having this cushy job allowed me to not deal with some of the emotional things that I was ignoring. It allowed me to just ignore it. So I guess when I think of failure in that situation, sometimes failure is a gift because it pushes you into an arena and the only way out is the other way, is the other side of the arena. And one thing that I always think about is like when you get, sometimes I like mourn for the other person that I was back then, the one that like didn't worry as much or didn't have that information about myself that I have to grapple with now. Um, but that's, I think that's the battle of growing up and gathering wisdom is once you find out certain things about yourself, there's no way you can go back to it. And that's tough. I, that's what I call the arena. Hmm. You get pushed into the arena and the doors behind you close. Damn. And now you gotta fight. That's a really good metaphor, actually. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, um, I actually read that concept from Brene Brown. She is she has one of the most viral TED Talks, and she has really great books called Daring Greatly and things like that. And um, uh, Brene Brown, what is it? Rising, Rising Strong is one of the books that I... It's that concept of, like, you find something out, and now you have to reckon with it. And sometimes that's what failure causes, is this awakening that, that that isn't always pretty. That is definitely true. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's mm-hmm. kind of like, and like I also um, could attest to like when you text me that you were let go from your job, I was like, oh no. Yeah. Because it was so like, like that was, you know, a part of your life. Yeah. It's the job and stuff like that. But I was just like, I feel for you. Um. And that happened, you said, like, nine months ago? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, just to piggyback, piggyback off that, my failure was a really bad one. I don't know if I really, like, talked to you about it. I don't really remember. Because I think people were, like, reaching out and stuff like that. Because I was just, like, for that three months, just, like, it was after I came back from the University of Ottawa. Mm. And coming off the high of being booked with Adidas and modeling and mm. going to, you know, these cool places... To like having like zero and this happened like november december january ish okay when it was just like bad and like, i would just like sit where i'm sitting now and just be like what the fuck is going on like how do you go from all this great great cool stuff all this accolades winning the guild to fucking zero 
Like you, the money in your account is like slowly decreasing. You're reaching out to people. You're sending out emails. You're, you're doing all the right things, and shit's just not happening. So I think from November, December, January, like I was a mess, and a lot of um, you know, of course, my messiness comes through my Instagram because that's my platform where I share stories, and people were like concerned. Like strangers were like, oh. You seem like you're going through some shit right now. Yeah. I'm just like, I am actually, and I cannot deal with it. And I just felt very out of control. Mm. Um, I felt very, like I was floating. I felt like I was this being looking down on myself. Like I was outside, like looking down, not lo- outside looking in, you mm. know, where it's self-reflective, like you we were talking about. But I was looking down on this vessel of a human being and as an artist you can also attest to it's just like we always want to create and we want people to enjoy our creations and we want people to value what we create and we want it to do something whether it makes you feel this way or says this to you mm-hmm. um, or sparks this within someone and I felt like at that moment none of that was happening so I started getting really bad anxiety attacks, really bad depression, where I didn't want to do shit. I actually didn't, I wanted to like delete my Instagram. I wanted to, I don't want nobody to talk to me. Even people who I did like, I don't want looking at me or talking to me. I felt like such a fucking failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the three months of still like working and then not working, um, one of my friends was just like, I told, I text her, I'm just like, this is it for me. And she's like, I don't think it's it for you. I said, listen, this is fucking it for me. I'm fucking done. I don't want to see, I don't want to model. I don't want to do shit. Don't ask me about blogging. I don't care about nobody. And she's like, you know, Leah, you work hard every fucking day. What you're lacking is patience. And I'm just like, damn. Mm. You're right though. (laughs) Like you're, you're, you're lacking, you're lacking patience. And when it's your time, the blessings that are meant for you will not pass you. And I'm just like, damn, this is like, she's telling me some deep ass shit. Mm. And I was just like, but I just remember just being engulfed in this idea of failure. And like, I failed many times, like since birth, we've been failing and standing back up. Mm. But just like, so can you like talk about like when you're in it, like some of the feelings you have or some of the things that are so net, cause you, you talk about like negative self-talk and things mm. like that, which I go through as well. But like when you're in it, like, what is it like to be in sitting in failure or sitting with yourself um, in so-called failure? Yeah. I think for me, I handled it very gracefully um, and surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Like, the person that my, my team lead was like, oops, my tea, y'all, I almost hit it off the ground. Your tea almost failed. Tea, um, with Leah v. The tea. <laughs> <laughs> tea, Leah V. My, my um, team lead was like, you are taking this so well. And for me, my emergency tools just came out in front of me and mm-hmm. was like processing things for me because it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a nuance that I want to bring to this conversation is that sometimes when you fail, you don't mourn it right away. Sometimes it's not this dramatic, like this thing. Sometimes you just don't, it doesn't even hit you. Hmm. And it takes a while. And for me, I was like, okay, I'm feeling pretty okay. Like I have a savings, um, all of these things. And like, I was actually thinking of leaving my job already. So like it kind of was decided for me, just the timing wasn't my choice. Um, And at that moment I was like, maybe... 
maybe I'm, I'm feeling good and maybe I won't feel good later, but I have to trust that I feel okay. Mm-hmm. And of course, in the next few months, these up and downs happened of like, oh, I'm fine. I'm a bad bitch. I'm a good programmer. <laughs> and then I'd be like, RV, are you seriously taking a nap right now? And it's 11 a.m. Yeah. Like that kind of deal. Be like, oh, you have all these dreams and goals, but you really need to take a nap right now. Like yes. that kind of that yeah. is the answer. Yes, I do. That kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, like kind of like beating yourself up over. Yeah, um, failure and that feeling of it is kind of just a very. You have to. I have found a useful thing is just to let yourself feel, even if it's good, even if it's bad. I mean, this is all of life, but especially in these very like traumatic events, just let yourself feel whatever that comes. Mm -hmm. And for me, because I knew I was like, I'm feeling almost unusually good or I'm usually okay about this. Kind of like a piece that has, what is it? What's the phrase? (laughs) Which one? A piece that has no understanding. Beyond understanding. A piece beyond understanding. You know I'm not that smart to be knowing all these quotes. (laughs) And stuff. Maybe this is in the Old Testament. Maybe you know about it, bitch. <laughs> you was looking at me like he was really looking at me like I had the answers. I was sitting there like the phone. Peace that surpasses boundaries. Okay, well, peace that surpasses understanding. Okay. So I was like, oh, educate what? me, uh, educate. So sometimes it's just like something bad happens and you're like at peace and you don't know why. Right. That and is that's true. how I was, that's what was happening to me. And I was like, eh, I, I have to trust that I feel okay. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe I do trust myself. Okay. Um, but I also trust that it can go up and down. It's one of those things to realize that you are, you can decide how you want to feel about something, but you can also give yourself room to know that. You're not a robot. You're not just a switch that says, I'm happy. And then you're going to be happy for... The gag is that I'm a robot. You're a robot? (laughs) I'm a fucking robot. Okay, I thought I saw that flap. (laughs) No, honey, that was a fat flap. Okay. That was an SD card, girl. How many gigabytes? (laughs) But you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Uh, So have you always been... Because I feel like when I first met you, I think like two or three years ago. Yeah. You, I feel like you were already on a journey of um, being self-reflective. I feel like, have mm-hmm. you always been this self-reflective where you can just be like, okay, I'm going to sit in my feelings and allow this to um, not really, I'm, I'm able to like handle things and deal with stuff. Mm-hmm. Was there a time prior to that where you just like failure was like, oh my God, I can't, I'm, I'm fucking going to die. Like this is how, have, have you ever like had any of those or have you always been like pretty I think for me, I when I was younger and like super in the closet, mm-hmm. I didn't let myself. I treated myself like a robot. I for me, it was a complete failure if I didn't pass as straight or like at least confuse people enough to not think about me as a sexual being. Um, I didn't allow myself those up and downs. Oh. It was very like. Oh, Arvi, you feel sad? Too bad. Go be funny in front of these straight people. Damn. So then they don't see something. Um, I think it was like on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, Titus said, "You don't get to be. You don't get to be gay. You just get to be funny." Oh wow. And um, that's how I kind of treated my young life. Is like. 
I was a PR manager for myself. If I knew I couldn't pass as straight, I had to distract as many people as possible from what was actually going on. So it's like I was a really good student. I was a really good musician. I was like, just like everything at all times. I never shut down. My whole life was a complete performance. And I think that's why sometimes, especially I know people of color and especially queer people, we have a lot of trouble with imposter syndrome where we feel like we're tricking people. We feel like we're tricking, we like, we find success, some of the most successful people realize, oh, we've done it now, they're gonna find out anytime. And that's what happened to me when I got let go from my job. I was like, they finally found out. Hmm. Wow. And I think in being introspective, I've always been self-aware because I had to be, I had to police myself at every moment. Yeah. to make sure that I understood. It makes me so mad when you tell the story. Yeah. I had to police myself at every second. I, like you said, I was hovering over my body, 10 feet above it, critiquing everything that was happening. And um, What a life to live. I know. Like, I feel like, I feel like when you first told me that story, I was really hurt inside. You know, mm-hmm. I have no heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's wooden. Yeah. It's black wood. It's very black fancy wood. and cheap. Yeah, it's cherry. <laughs> Very, it's very expensive. Yeah. Uh, and when you told me that story, it like I, you know, I'm not a you know queer Filipino male, um, mm-hmm. or am I? <laughs> <laughs> Only by injection. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no. When you told me that story, I was like, damn, it's me, mm. because like I was that person as a teenager, um, and even some of my early twenties who just policed everything, critiqued everything. I never lived, in I never lived inside Leah V. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the imposter syndrome is very real because I have that now and I, I talk about it a lot yep. because like as just I think an artist it's just like especially a person of color yeah. um, it's like you're always being undervalued and expected to fail mm-hmm. um, so what um, as far as you so you do the music mm-hmm. and you do the songwriting and stuff like that um, performances which are <laughs> amazing okay um, so how do you, do you ever think of failure when you're making decisions, um, in your creative life? Is that a factor in anything that you do with that? Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, every time I'm writing music, I quit really fast. I'm like, oh, I hate this. It's not going to be good enough. There's a huge rift between my taste and my execution i know how i want things to sound i've listened to good pop music before and my shit doesn't sound like that at all it's not even close so it's all like, lies <laughs> okay i talk to your music every morning okay work <laughs> oh so you're giving me all those royalties yes <laughs> yes i am <laughs> um those five dollars girl yes all for me baby <laughs> um so it's like i'm Sometimes procrastination for me is protecting myself from failure because failure really hurts for me because when I was in the closet, failure meant disaster. Failure meant people you were, that failure meant you were found out. Um, people found your evil, deep, dark secret. And so I've been dismantling that as I get older. Like this is a unuseful emotion for me now to be this scared of failure because it's like I'm super fucking gay and out now um, but it has reached 
every part of my life with music with anything I do it's like oh I failure is something that I try to avoid and um, but also like success is like a makeup of a thousand tiny failures so I'm just trying to normalize that for myself um, I said in the car what we were like worried about construction happening next door yeah. I said shitty is pretty <laughs> you did and I was and that's one of the tools that I have to remind myself like you have to trust that your next thing will also be good even if this thing isn't super like everything you have to trust that the next thing will be good and to trust your talent and so I think uh, normalizing that in yourself having those little sayings like shitty is pretty Perfection gets in the way of execution. Just put it out there. Right, just kind of like tackle it. Um, I think I, I write a lot about perfectionism and especially being like a social media influencer um, with all the followers that I have, which is way more than yours. Oh, bitch. Um, <laughs> shade is thrown across that's the table. That's not even shade. I mean, that's tea. <laughs> no, that's I'm, tea I'm and kidding. shade. No, I love you. You're that's right. shade under a tree. You are so much better than me always. But, oh, um... Okay. <laughs> He's like, I don't believe you, bitch. Um, <laughs> see, you messing up my audio. Um, yeah, I write a lot about perfection because I have get people who inbox me and they'll be like, oh my God, I want to be perfect just like you or oh my God, you are perfect. And I always tell and them that them. I do not block them. <laughs> I, only, I only block creeps that um, ask me to sit on, sit on their face oh, okay. or um, keep asking me what am I doing every two seconds. Wow. Uh, the creeps like that. And um, yeah, so I always tell them like perfectionism, like my whole teenage life was ruined by perfectionism. To me growing up in like a single parent household when your father's a fucking douche lord. Um, douche lord. <laughs> he was a fucking douche like girl. Douche satchel. Oh, that sounds too fancy for him. He's a fucking okay. douche lord <laughs> with a T at the end. And just growing up with that and then, you know, a single mom having, like, tons of children and they're all needing things and her having to play mom and dad, you know, it was a lot growing up. So I attached, equated perfectionism to stability. Mm. Um, and so there's no room to fail. Mm -hmm. Like, in my mind, like, you had to be the best Muslim and the best fat girl and try to be the skinny girl while you were still being the best fat girl because yeah. that was, like, the ultimate goal was to be perfect you know, non-failure and thin. Mm -hmm. um, and then trying to assimilate to white culture because, like, I was a black girl who didn't fit in, who was Muslim. Wait, so, you're black? Yes, I am. Get up and leave. I am black, 100%, okay? Um, yeah, so perfectionism to me equated stability. And, like, I think we all kind of yearn for stability in some way, yeah. shape, or form. So it... So that I'm trying to be perfect moved into college life and moved mm -hmm. into when I first got married at a, at a really young age. And that shit didn't work. But again, I wasn't taught that failure is okay, rejection is okay, and perfectionism is unattainable. Mm. So what do you say to people who are, and we see a lot of people, especially, I feel like the people who are trying to always be perfect are the most fakest bitches ever. Mm -hmm. They're fake fucks and I hate them. Because like, what are you, why? So mm -hmm. your man has amazing beard that's so like moisturized and conditioned. Okay. Your children are going straight to heaven. <laughs> but you have no fucking, like your bills are just like non-existent. Yeah. You always at, you know, shopping lavishly, eating like avocado toast. What do you say to people who feel the need to constantly, who don't show their failures and who constantly perpetuate perfection? 
what do I say to them? Yes. I don't say anything to them. Oh, you just block I them? I just block them and unfollow. Yes, bitch. I do both. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, he does both. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, well, why do you think they do that, number one? And what do you, yeah, why do you think they do that? Like, why do you think people need to, to uphold that? It's hard to have witnesses of your life. True witnesses. And for me, I feel a tinge of sadness when I see that. Sometimes I get tricked by my own mind and be like, oh, I'm so jealous. But I think advice is more important for people that see it, see that perfection, to really think about what does it take to be in that position to take this photo? Um... Like, let's say I see somebody with, like, a ripped body. And I'm like, oh, I want that. And then I... Mm, <laughs> I want it. <laughs> and it's like, I want that for myself. Like, why can't I be skinny? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Not skinny. I don't want to be skinny. Right. But, like, you Either know. not ever. <laughs> like, Arby, get the fuck out of my home. <laughs> Always be thick, mama. Oh. Um, it's... I, the tool that comes forth that I found is, like, to really think... Would I really be willing to go to the gym six hours a day and do that? Mm -hmm. Am I really willing to do that? This person has given up something to be able to present themselves in that certain way and think about, are you willing to do that? And that really helps me be like, no, I'm not willing to. I'm going to eat chicken nuggets. In the car with Leah V. With Leah V. On the way to the house to record. Even though I'm technically on a ketogenic diet right now. Technically. Technically. That's the key word there. That's the key word. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Technically. We're like wordsmiths. I love it. <laughs> so, that is true. It's just like being truthful with yourself. Like, okay, well, they're grinding on Instagram. Like, let's say building a social media platform. Yeah. Like, they're taking photos. They're doing all this stuff. Yeah. Am I willing to post every day? Am I willing yeah. to get the content? Am I willing to market myself in that manner? Yeah. Um, if the answer is no, then... Because I do feel like a lot of people... Because I have to... Like, I haven't followed a couple influencers that I feel like are just, you know, too perfect or too fake. And I do feel like there's a medium of, like, telling your business is not telling... You know, because some people are like, oh, well, you know, I don't feel like I should have to tell all my business. True. I'm not saying to, like, tell your business online and be yeah. messy like me. Um, what I'm saying is that you need to also... It makes people feel good to know that you're a human being too like you Mm -hmm. said before not a robot and that you also fail to get to where you are i feel like a lot of people unfortunately they glamorize um what it is to be uh living this life especially Mm -hmm. like online and in the media it's like oh okay i'm a glamorous blogger i'm a glamorous this you know i'm a glamorous musician Mm -hmm. and it's just like so now people are looking at that like oh i can just jump all these steps all these failures to get to this perfection yep. or this image or idea and it's not true mm-hmm. like when i tell people the stories that i tell them they'd be like i never would have thought it unless you told me yeah because they look at the pictures and they're just like no that this it's this perfect mm-hmm. i'm just like no 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 sit down you got 20 minutes let me yes. tell you what happened on set today right so, sometimes i actually struggle with commenting on your posts mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, this pic is so glam. Mm-hmm. But if I actually read the caption, I'm like, this is sad as fuck. If you but actually I wanna, read the caption, you I wanna, bitch. I wanna, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking gave yourself away. Yeah. You're going to read every fucking thing I write up until the, from here on out, bitch. Well, let me tell you, my, notifi- my notifications are on for you. They better my notifications be. They are better on be. for you. And I'm like, oh, like, let me comment. Ooh. No, but sometimes it's like people, 
even if you put this deep post in there, people just see the picture. I, I feel like it now is like from I can't speak for all platforms, mm-hmm. but for mine personally, when I did first start when I first started blogging, people um, my captions weren't that heavy. They were mm-hmm. a little bit on a lighter note. Um, but people were like, oh, okay, Livy's really pretty and her clothes are really cool. Okay, like. In the middle of my career, it was more like most people still liked the, you know, the picture. And yeah. some would like comment about the, the you know, the content. Yeah. Now I notice that my followers, if I don't put heavy content, they're not going to say shit. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, okay, me. the picture cool, but what you got to say today though? Right. Like I need some inspiration from Leah V. So it was just like. Yeah. With I feel like with certain p- platforms it is oh pretty picture who cares about what the fuck she got to say, mm-hmm. but I feel like once you start like building your certain I guess group core group of support um, supporters and followers like they will be like oh, okay cool picture but we know Leah has something heavy to say, mm-hmm. um, which I really appreciate like my followers actually engage and even share their own stories um, and I felt I feel a duty to tell them the truth. Um, of course, Instagram is still like curated, um, but so how do you feel about? Um, for your own like platform, mm-hmm. do you feel like you are um, giving them an accurate accurate representation of your fail- your process, including your fail- failures and accomplishments? Do you feel like you, you, you accomplish that with mm-hmm. your own platform? One of the things I wanted to figure out when I was really going to focus on my social media is how do I do this authentically? Because I see, oh, like bikinis and like behind a big Montessero, uh, whatever, whatever those Instagram leaves are, <laughs> Montserrat or whatever. I'm not educated. They're just like holding this big leaf. <laughs> right. They're just like, mm, coffee in the Sunday. I'm a kind of I'm, I have this tray on my bed and this is breakfast. It's cold now. Oh, can we please be that way? Yes, that'd be so funny. Uh, and I'm just like, I can't. I can't. Yeah. And so for me, when I post something on Instagram, I really... Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes I allow myself to just post mm-hmm. something fun. But I like to think about things about self-awareness and, and, and the struggles that I go through in my own head. So I've kind of found that balance of how do I be real with people? And then how do I also bring something fun that people can go, yes, to? Mm-hmm. Like, the picture's dope, yeah. caption's even better. Or your twerk videos. Yes, or my twerk Or your voguing videos. Yes, my voguing videos. <laughs> Which I love. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so, I think for me, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not trying to be a role model. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help people become their own role model. And become that person they've always needed. Ooh, okay? Come on, give me inspiration today. And that's <laughs> the thing where it's like, I can't help anybody. Like, the only way I can help people is by being myself. 100% as much as I can be. Some people have those roles of like, really like, going out and helping people. I find my role in, in the community at large is to help people by being myself. Mm-hmm. And I think we need more people in the world that are wanting to try and be brave enough and courageous enough to bring out everything that's inside of them. And hopefully, somebody sees, oh, this person's owning up to all their bullshit and all their good shit. <laughs> right, like a human being. <laughs> Maybe I can. Maybe I can do that. Yeah. If he can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. That kind of deal. Yeah. 
Um, it's tough though. It takes a lot of work. It does. Sometimes it's embarrassing. Um, and it shouldn't be embarrassing, but I feel like just the mentality that we have, especially in America, everything is just like, you know, just pull yourself up by the, the bootstrap and just, you know, suck it up. I feel like that's the that's the thing we do here. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like I get embarrassed, especially especially like when I talk about mental illness or talk about my depression. Um, because um, well, I'm Muslim. You know did, did you know I was yeah, Muslim? Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So like like we're just religiously and spiritually we are taught to like be grateful for things and sometimes when depression hits you feel like you're ungrateful mm-hmm. so when i talk about like my mental illness or episodes i um i just cringe while i'm like writing it like yeah. backspace 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 i don't yeah. want to post that because you seem ungrateful like outside looking in you've done this you've traveled here you've gotten this and you have had blessings happen to you and most a lot of people don't have half that you have mm-hmm. and you are ungrateful so you don't have a right you don't have a right to 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 say that you feel this way you feel down you should always mm-hmm. feel up and so like i i am learning that it's okay to embrace failure it's okay to embrace yourself wholeheartedly yeah and um i really commend you i'm so happy that you have come out Thank i'm you. happy that um we get to twerk at gas stations. Yes. Um, eat chicken nuggets in the car. Yes. And that you can be unapologetically yourself. Because, like, your energy and light helps me be myself. And mm-hmm. I hope I do the same for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just to wrap up, because we don't want to be talking for 16 hours. <laughs> um, what advice would you give um, the listeners, if we have any? Because, you know, I'm mm. low budget. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give someone who's just like, I just can't do it. I've failed this many times. And I don't have any more. I don't have any more fire inside yeah. of me. Like, you know, I'm done. Like, what yeah. would you tell them? I would say sometimes it's like, hmm. I think about. Okay, so my friend, we were talking about like these things called. Um, the Four Tendencies, which is a book about mm-hmm. how people are motivated and how they motivate themselves. Mm-hmm. And she has the combination that seems to be the most volatile, the most traumatic. And she was like, oh, of course, I have the most uh, chaotic mix of personality types. You can tell the truth. It's me. It's not you. <laughs> it's not you. It's not you. I'm kidding. It's not me. <laughs> <clears throat> and she was like, oh, like the, uh, she was just kind of like jokingly down on herself about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing that just like, it just like burst out of me. I was like, you know what? I'm actually happy you're this way because all of these things, everything you are now, all of this chaotic things, all of these messy things, it is the person that brought you here today. It's the person that has allowed you to survive because you have in your spirit a deep will to fight. And so, yeah, when you go into war, you're going to come out with scars. And that's part of it. And those defense mechanisms that you gather from that, that's your soul trying to create solutions to overcome the terribleness that's in front of you. And I think the big... 
the big work we have to do now, the work begins where you have to realize in this moment, those defense mechanisms are no longer bad or good. They're just, are they useful for your current situation now? I grew up as an immigrant and scarcity is a thing that I have always grown up with. Finish all your food all the time because you don't know when your next meal is going to happen. Um, and now it's like, I can get food whenever I want, anytime I want. Even though I'm living on my savings account, you can get Come food. On, I can out. get food <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Is it useful for me to always be finishing my food even if I'm full already? It's that idea of like, I'm okay, this defense mechanism has allowed me to survive. And I honor it because it, it caused me to be here today. Now, is it useful? Is it benefiting me? And let's say the scarcity, it's not benefiting me. It's blocking me from my blessings. It's making me so tight with my money that it's, a, it's not allowing me to be generous. Um, I think we all need to meet ourselves and respect ourselves for where we are rather than where we think we ought to be. Oh, come on. Say it, say it one more time. I need to hear we need to respect ourselves mm-hmm. for where we are okay. rather than where we think we ought to be. Ooh. Come on. Because that, it's so stressful. It is. When you feel like, like I, I mentioned before, it's like, oh, RV, are you really taking a nap right now at 11? You just woke up and you're tired? Yes. Maybe you are tired. It's hard getting your hair the way it is every day. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, it only takes seven minutes. I'm glad that you know exactly the time it takes. <laughs> well, we are out of time. You know, I love talking to you. We'll probably talk yeah. more after, okay. as usual, sure. as we run our errands together, yeah. like twins. Yes. Um, thank you for being here. Mm. I appreciate you for your time. You I'm not too. paying you, but thank okay. you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the sweet tea. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> So, where can people follow you? Okay. Plug. So, so first, um, all of my most recent updates, Emotional Intelligence Diva writings are on my Instagram, at RVX Mendoza. RV like the car. RVX Mendoza. I also have music on Spotify. just came out with a new album called Uhau Island. Uhau in Tagalog. I'm Filipino, if you didn't know. Uhau means thirst. Ooh. So thirst island. I can't wait to walk and I, listen. I am thirsty as fuck all the time. Oh, come on. Summer thirst. Yeah. So all my releases, I think, will be albums called Something Island. Because okay. I'm discovering the islands in my life. Oh. So right now I've discovered the thirst island. I can't wait to listen. Yes. And, of course, you can follow me. Okay, we can stop this now. Oh, Just yeah, you better not touch my phone. <laughs> you can follow me at... L Vernon 2000 and follow the rest of my shenanigans at beautyinthemuse.net. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Leah. Bye. Bye now.